Hello and welcome to episode 126 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast. And by now, you can well guess that this is being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And tonight, we're asking the question, so you want to be a road warrior? Part one. Thanks for listening. Hello. If you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. Before we get to tonight's topic, a couple things. At this point, there is no updates on episode 122, the episode that focused around the magic travel crystal ball and the predictions that it predicted. But we do have two quick travel interweb stories. Dateline Las Vegas. Hotel housekeeper took woman's panties from guests, left note with phone number. Yes, there is a kink for everyone, but this one takes a bit of a dark turn. Trevor Savok, S-A-V-O-K Savok, was arrested early January on suspicion of extortion after police were called to a reported burglary at the hotel on South Casino Drive. The Metropolitan Police Department said... Savok, an employee of the hotel, allegedly stole property, iPods, and clothing, woman's underwear, from hotel guests. Now the darkness sets in. After stealing the property, Savok demanded nude photos from the victims in return for their belongings. And why not? I'm sure in his warped mind, he figured they had no underwear. A nude selfie would be pretty easy to accomplish. From there, it gets really dark. Savok is also charged with using or permitting a minor, 14 years or older, to produce pornography. There's also extortion, burglary of a structure, and residential burglary, according to the court records. For Savok, 2021 just might be far worse than 2020, and rightfully so. View from the Wing gives us our Spirit Airline story of the week. Spirit Airline gate agent attacked by passenger and hospitalized following carry-on bag dispute. While almost everything at Spirit Airlines comes with a fee, apparently the entertainment from other passengers is free. Dateline Detroit, Spirit charges for luggage if you didn't know that, check bags or carry-on, anything larger than a purse or laptop bag. If it has to go into the overhead bin, there is a fee. Side note, this is where your $60 ticket suddenly gets more expensive. Well, when the gate agent decided to measure the size of a passenger's bag, that passenger took offense. The passenger objected and words quickly became physical, turning into an all-out brawl of passengers attacking airline employees. One passenger tried to yank the boarding door back open as employees attempted to close it. The employee says he was poked in the eye, punched in the face, and while a colleague ended up in a pile of people before eventually being sent to the hospital for injuries. As you guessed it, there is a video, and as you could also guess it, it was done in portrait mode. But yet another reason why you don't fly spirit unless you're working on your MMA skills. On to tonight's topic, So You Want to Be a Road Warrior Part 1. Recently, I had a friend, or I still have a friend, (laughs) at least one, that has a relative that took a new job that required a bit of travel. So yes, folks, people are still getting jobs in the midst of this pandemic. 
And the travel wasn't every week, but a couple trips a month, you know, probably 20 plus a year. And his cousin had never really traveled before, especially for business. And he asked if I could talk to him and give him some tips or tricks when it comes to business travel. And then that kind of morphed into uh, a podcast idea. And then when I started putting notes down, it became part one and part two. So some of this is common sense. Some of this I've talked about before, but hopefully there will be a few nuggets along the way. So the first thing I told him to do was create a new email account. And he asked why? I said, this is your travel related email account. You will use this account as the email address for all your hotel, airline, and rental car reward programs. And the inbox of this account will fill up. I use Gmail and over the course of 15 years, I probably have 5,300 emails in that box. And you don't want that many emails going into your business email account and distracting you from your job. And you know what? You may not be at that employer forever and ever. And those emails have some sort of a, a timeline or a trail so you can track about what you've done. And I checked, like I said, over the course of 15 years, I have right around 5,300 emails in the inbox. I don't do anything with it. And I've only sent 67 emails from that travel account. This is nothing more than an electronic file cabinet or an electronic holding ground. From there, I said, join every single hotel airline, except for Spirit, and rental car membership reward program that you can find. We'll hone in on favorites in a bit, or as I call it, brand loyalty. The goal with this is not to stay, fly, or drive anything that doesn't give us points. Points equal free money. Not really free since you traded your time for it, but nevertheless, for the most part, free money. Your particular job might dictate where you stay, what you fly, or what you drive. But at this point, let's go ahead and sign up for them all. Better safe than sorry. My dad in the 70s was an executive for Xerox. This was the heyday of travel, and they were mandated get this, to fly nothing less than first class for business travel. Like I said, the heydays of travel. And, you know, like I said, your particular job may dictate where you stay. One of my early, early, early jobs didn't involve a lot of road warrior travel, but it did involve travel. And the company mandated that we we used a specific travel agency, so much so that they actually booked everything for us, which was kind of nice, as well as handled all the expenses. Years later, after I left, it turned out that that travel company was owned by the wife of a vice president of the actual company. So in turn, and this is back before points were so prevalent, that they were reaping in all the benefits of our travel by keeping all the points for themselves. Next, I said, we're going to focus on your phone, or as I like to say, there's an app for that. Install all of the accompanying apps for all of those travel reward programs that you just joined. Install at least three more apps, Waze. Hands down the best mapping app around live updates of accidents, road construction, and police. Google Maps also works especially well if you want a timeline of your travels and you enjoy using that timeline to do things such as writing Google reviews. Yelp. Guess what? We all got to eat. And if you're in a strange town, the only thing more reliable than asking your Uber driver or the hotel staff for recommendations is Yelp. 
Google reviews is also a good source. Here's a travel tip. If you use either of these services to find a place to eat, leave a review of the place, good, bad, indifferent, whatever, but just leave a review for others. And then finally, TripIt. Remember that new email account that you created, I told them? I said, you're going to use it for TripIt. TripIt scans your email inbox and identifies any travel-related emails and then creates itineraries for them automatically, unattended. You don't have to do anything. And these itineraries make it super easy to share your travel plans with others. There is a paid version of the app that manages your various points, balances, and a couple of other things. I've used the free version for probably close to 13, 14 years, and it works fine. Another advantage is our company uses Concur for booking travel, and it just so happens that Concur owns TripIt. So there's lots of deep integration between those two products. And then finally, on your phone, create a folder called Travel and drag all of those apps into it. Easy to find all in one place and it's not cluttering up all your screen real estate. Next, I told him to get out a map. He looked at me, tilted his head sideways like a puppy. And I said, all right, Google Maps will work because we're gonna need a web browser for this next part anyway. Take a look at where you'll be traveling. What are the major cities and what are their airports? Check out those airport websites. Who are the major carriers? Spirit does not count. Is this a hub for them? If so, if it's a hub city, there are going to be more frequent flights. For example, if you live in Atlanta, you can fly any airline that you want for the most part, so long as it's Delta. BWI, uh, Baltimore is home to Southwest. Charlotte is an American Airlines hub. Chicago O'Hare, I think, is Air American and United. Uh, Midway is Southwest, of course. Dallas-Fort Worth is American. Dallas Love is Southwest because that's where they started out. Are there lots of direct flights? You know, there's not many reward programs that give you credit for multiple segments or connections. So the goal is to get to your destination as quickly as possible. 20 years ago, a lot of the reward programs were based on connections. So towards the end of the year, if guys were afraid that they weren't going to maintain their status or were trying to bump up to the next status level on airlines, they would take flights with four connections. It may take them all day to get to where they were going, but they wanted the, we used to call them medallion runs or mileage runs towards the end of the years. Not as prevalent as they once were because you, you get comped on the segment nowadays, not the connections in between. There is a saying that goes along the lines of the person who chases two rabbits catches neither. I equate that with brand loyalty. So we've signed up for every reward program under the sun. But guess what? If we divide our time across all of them, we'll never get to the upper tiers and reap the rewards and please the travel gods. So using the map process, you should be able to answer these four questions. Where am I flying to? Who are the major carriers? Is this a hub for them? And are there direct flights? The answers to those four questions will pretty much give you your airline of choice. In airline loyalties matters, and for the most part, domestically, it'll be one of these four. Delta, American, Southwest, or United. I flew Delta exclusively for about 16 years, 10 of it when I lived in Atlanta, four of it when I lived down in South Florida, or six of it, or whatever it was. I've been loyal to Southwest for about the last five years, so I'm going to speak 
for the Delta Sky Miles program and the Southwest program, Delta has four levels, silver, gold, medallion, and diamond. And each level requires one of three things to achieve it. Uh, for silver, it's 25,000 MQMs, or what they call medallion qualifying miles, or 30 MQSs, medallion qualifying segments, or spending $3,000 in qualifying dollars. And those qualifying dollars don't include taxes and fees. It's strictly for the cost of the flight. Gold is 50,000 uh, miles, 60 flights, or six grand in dollars. Platinum, 75,000 in miles, 100 flights, or $9,000 in uh, dollars spent. And of course, diamond is 120,000 miles, 140 flights, and 15K in cash. 120, you're not doing that domestically. That's a tough one to hit. I can tell you with diamond, 140 flights in a year would be brutal. One year, I did 100 flights years ago. And that was tough. I mean, you're talking about being on an airline every week with 140. You're talking about being on an airline multiple times every week. And so the benefits of each one of these levels is they give you more points or more miles for every dollar spent. So if you're silver, it's seven miles for every dollar. Gold is eight. Platinum is nine miles. Diamond is 11. All four tiers offer some sort of a priority check-in as well as a priority boarding. You can get upgrades with all four tiers. However, if you're silver or gold, don't count on it. And here's the reason why. With Platinum and Diamond member, access to upgrades begins five days before the flight. With gold, it's three days. If you're silver, it's 24 hours. So if you live in a hub city for Delta, watch the boarding area when they call Sky Priority Boarding. Half of the passengers will get up and get in that line. That's why it's so tough to get an upgrade. But it is possible. I've uh, got some friends that fly American, and they seem to get upgraded a heck of a lot more often than I ever did when I flew uh on Delta. And of course, there's two reasons for everybody getting up for uh, Sky Priority Boarding. One is brand loyalty. And the other one is airline branded credit cards and more on credit cards in part two. The Southwest program, which is called Rapid Rewards, is a bit simpler. There's three levels. Actually, there's only really two levels. There's A-List, which requires 25 one-way qualifying flights or 30,000 or 35,000 uh, tier qualifying points inside a calendar year. With that, you get priority boarding. We'll talk more about that in a second. 25% earning bonuses, so you get you to the next level, which there's only one other level, a little bit quicker. Same day standby. That's a nice thing about Southwest. I forget about that often, but they do allow you to fly standby on the same day for free. Priority check-in and a dedicated A-list member phone line. The second level is A-list preferred. 50 one-way qualifying flights or 70,000 tier qualifying points all inside of a calendar year. All the same bonuses as A-list, except for two added ones. You get a 100% earning bonus on your, on your uh, points. So double points for every dollar spent and free in-flight Wi-Fi. The third piece of their program is the companion pass. We've talked about this numerous times. This is where a companion flies free whenever you do. 
And to qualify for that, it's 100 qualifying one-way flights or 125,000 qualifying points all inside a calendar year. Nice thing about the companion pass is that you get it for the remainder of the year. So if you get it in June, you have it July through December and all of the next year. So here's a couple tips when you fly Southwest. If you want to make your boss or CFO happy, you can actually get a lower price for your ticket, even if it's already booked. And I think you can do it right up to flight time or at least 24 hours before. Another tip is grab the magazine out of the seat back pocket if it is still there due to COVID. I haven't been on a flight in about 11 months, but inside that magazine, you will find coupons for flight discounts, believe it or not. And you can buy priority boarding and it is worth it. So if you've never flown Southwest, they don't have assigned seats. They board like a cattle car, whatever in the hell that is. I have no idea, but that's what everybody says. You are assigned a boarding position when you check in for your flight. You can check in with their app or via the web 24 hours in advance of your flight and you will be assigned a boarding position. It'll be A, 1 through 60, B, 1 through 60, and C, 1 through 60. And that's how they board. The A group, the B group, the C group. So if you are in the A group, if you hit uh, submit or book right at 24 hours before your flight, there's a pretty good chance that you will get in the uh, the A group. That means that more than likely you'll get your seat of choice, be it window, window or aisle, as well as plenty of overhead space. If you are part of the B group, chances are you'll still get to sit in your seat of choice. It just might be more towards the back of the plane, but don't worry. Back part of the plane arrives at exactly the same time as the front. If you are in the C group, C stands for center seat, and you'll feel it as you do the walk of shame past passengers that are sitting in the window in the aisle seats. They won't make eye contact with you, but you'll be searching for some seat. So buy priority boarding until you make a list. It is well worth it. Even if you have to pay for it out of your own pocket and can't expense it, you will thank me later. And then finally, the last tip for Southwest, you can earn that companion pass without ever taking a flight. And you ask how? by using credit cards. And guess what? We'll talk more about that in part two. Next, heads and beds or hotel loyalty. If you've never read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, habit number two is begin with the end in mind. And we're gonna utilize that when selecting our hotel of choice. For most business travelers, most hotel brands are the same. There's not a lot of difference between a $125 a night room from Hilton, from Marriott, from uh, Hyatt, from Holiday Inn. All will have Wi-Fi, normally free once you're part of their reward program. Most will have nice big TVs. Most will have an HDMI port in the back. So take a HDMI cable with you so you can cast from your laptop and watch Netflix. All will have a desk and a crappy office chair, except for True, which is a Hilton property. I stayed at one one time and learned my lesson. 
for the most part, the beds will be decent. There will be no offensive and very generic decorations. Every major brand offers some sort of a breakfast, continental hot breakfast, whatever. So you get a free hot meal to start the day. And of course, free toiletries. Unless you are in the middle of absolute nowhere, you should have no issue finding a place to stay at any of the major hotel chains. But do yourself a favor, research what hotels are part of that brand's reward program. For example, IHG. From those three letters, you pretty much have no idea what hotels are part of that, but that's actually Holiday Inn, Staybridge, Candlewood, and Crown Plaza. Marriott, we all know the name, but that also incorporates Gaylord Properties. So if you're doing any conventions, Gaylord seems to be a pretty, uh, pretty solid stop. I know we've done four or five over the years. Even if your company picks up the tab, normally you can get points for your stay. So Gaylord is part of Marriott as well as Sheraton Hotel and Resorts, Weston and Ritz-Carlton. So if you're a fancy lad, stay at a Ritz and get some points on your Marriott uh, reward program. And of course, Hilton, besides Hampton and all those, it is also gets points if you stay at a Waldorf Astoria or Conrad Hotel and Resorts. So the end that you need to keep in mind is, what am I going to use these points for? Do I want to move them over to my airline reward program and use them for that? Am I going to use them for rooms? Do I want to use them for merchandise? And what is their value? While these points are essentially free money, there is a value associated with them. And there are countless websites dedicated to just travel reward programs and points. We'll talk about more on that on uh, part two. One of the formulas that I have seen is the cash price divided by the award price times 100 equals the redemption value. I have no idea what that means, but most of the time hotel points are worth less than a penny, a penny and a half. Most airline points are worth less than two cents. You're not going to get rich doing this. That's what Bitcoin was designed for about 10 years ago. For me, I really don't do any crazy point valuations. Here's what I do. I book my room and see what it costs in dollars and then see how many points it will require. Look at my point balance and see how that would be affected. So if it's a two night stay and the total for the, uh, the stay is $200, and typically with Hilton, that's about 30,000 points a night. I will pay for the $200 with my Hilton American Express card. The reason, my diamond level will give me double points, so that's 4,000 points for the stay. And then my American Express card gives me 12 points for every dollar, so that's another 2,400 points at least. So that's about 6,400 points for a stay, which is roughly one-fifth of the way to a room. Not financial science, but that's how I rationalize it. If the rooms are in excess of $300 a night, I will typically go with points over cash. And yes, that's almost 20,000 points that I'm passing up. Probably not the greatest deal in the world, but there's something about spending $300 a night in a hotel room just to rest my head. Now, another thing that you can look at when booking uh, reward travel 
is using points and cash, sort of the best of both worlds, a little bit of points mixed with a little bit of cash. I know I've done that many, many times with, uh, with, uh, with Hilton. They seem to have a pretty good program. And these points are great for quick weekend trips away. We probably go to Disney Springs, I'd say every six weeks or so. We stay at the Hilton down there. It's 30,000 points. They know us. Always a good time. The other things that uh, points can do is can really help to ease a financial burden. A few years ago, my father-in-law fell ill, and we were going back down to South Florida almost every Friday and Saturday night for about five months. It, it came out to close to 40 nights. Most of these nights were during the holiday travel season in South Florida, where your typical $100 night hotel room quickly becomes $150, $175 a night. We cashed in over the course of five months well over 400,000 points. But the room value was over five grand. You know, with three kids in college, saving $5,000 is a pretty big deal. So how do you pick your brand? Go to each brand's website and see how quickly as well as what is required to move your status up to the top tier. A couple of years ago, I wouldn't have had anybody do that. The reason we were all traveling. Uh, it was nothing more more fun than watching a new uh, a new hire come on board, and just about every week they'd look at their points balance and they they'd count the nights to see how long before they were gold, how long before they were diamond, and we'd tell them, look, at the rate that you're going, within a year you will be top tier, and and typically that was the case. Currently, we're not traveling as much, and it might take longer than a year for a baby road warrior to make his way up the chain. And the other reason that I tell them to check the brand's website is that most of these properties or chains are offering some sort of a ramp up status program to compensate for the fact that people aren't traveling as much. Another way for a baby road warrior to gain status is to ask a fellow old time road warrior like myself. I know with Hilton, I have the ability to gift someone gold or platinum status automatically. My recommendation with hotel brands is pick two, but concentrate on one of those. A couple things with hotels, understand their cancellation policy. Even when you're booking a room, different rooms, same hotel, same property, but different prices will have different cancellation policies. And don't miss out on free nights. Most chains offer some sort of a bonus night where if you stay for four nights, you get the fifth night free. You can also really add to your point bank account by, guess what, using a hotel branded credit card. More on that in part two. My last two travel tips, stay away from hotels with a number in their name. Think Motel 6. And then stay away from down and outs, not as in a state of mind, but where the hotel door opens to the outside and not an interior hallway. Rental car loyalty. This is our last stop. This is a bit tougher for me because I have been a Hertz member since I first started traveling. And the only time that I've ever strayed from a Hertz rental was on a trip with the CEO about eight years ago and ended up booking it some off, I don't know, budget enterprise. I don't know what it was, but we ended up booking a rental, or I should say I ended up booking a rental. And the car actually had hand cranks, not power windows, but hand cranks. So my point of reference when it comes to rentals is from Hertz. I have the uh, Hertz President Circle, and according to their website, 
you'll earn president club after 20 rentals or spending four grand in a single calendar year. Uh, you know, with my employer, we automatically get Hertz gold when we get hired somewhere along the way. I think somebody pencil whipped something to give a bunch of us president circle. And I think that's why I got it. I don't, I can't remember having 20 rentals in a single year. Definitely hadn't, didn't spend four grand on it. I can tell you that. The advantage is there's three things that you get with uh, President Circle is you earn 1.5 points for every dollar spent, guaranteed one class upgrade, and access to a dedicated Hertz phone number for President Circle members. Of those three perks, the only one that matters to me is the 1.5 point for every dollar spent because I like getting free rentals. If I didn't have Hertz and had to decide on a brand, I'd look at things like First, does your company have some kind of a pre-negotiated rate with any particular rental car companies? This will please the CFO and the bean counters. Is it easy to book a car? Do they save my preferred rental type to my profile? Booking travel is not fun. You want it to be easy and quick. Do they offer unlimited mileage? Again, make the CFO and the bean counters happy. Can you drop off the car at a different location than from where you rented it from without additional mileage charges? This can be a big one. Can I walk directly to my car or do I have to wait in line to get my keys? And then finally, what can I do with their points? Do the points only work towards future rentals or can I move them over to an airline reward program? When you're renting a car, do yourself a favor, inspect it before leaving the rental lot, note every piece of damage, take pictures, also let the lot attendant know. If you're renting in the winter, make sure the car has an ice scraper. This is a lesson learned the hard way on my part. And if you're going to be driving a lot of toll roads, consider purchasing a portable toll pass. Rental companies charge huge fees if you use their toll pass. In many states, accept the same toll pass. I've got a Florida Sun Pass, and I know I can use it in Georgia and a couple of other states. Well, there you have it. This wraps up part one. We talked about create a new email account just for travel. Join every single hotel, airline, except for Spirit, rental car membership reward program you can find. Get all of their travel apps. Also download TripIt, Waze, Yelp, create a folder on your iPhone called Travel, drag all those apps into it, get a map, find out the airports you'll be frequenting, what airline service them. Then we went on to the person who chases two rabbits catches neither, brand loyalty, pick your airline brand, your hotel brand, possibly two hotel brands, and then finally rental cars. Next week, part two, how to book travel, building your travel knowledge base, and then, of course, finishing up with credit cards. If you have a suggestion, complaint, or idea, leave me a voicemail at anchor.com. Shoot me an email at travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. Everybody travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening. Hey, wait a second. Don't go. Make sure you check out all the blogs over at HypeAmerica.com. From food to travel to just general life humor, we cover all the topics. Thanks again. Thank you.